0: Last week apparently I missed uh, the question of the day uh, with the 80s and 90s music. Uh, last week or earlier this week, was it Tuesday? We had our, Wednesday we had our meeting and uh, Matt asked me what, you know, what was my choice of music, was it the 80s or 90s? And so since I was born in the 80s, and the 80s were, uh, I would say somewhat of a good time for me. So it was somewhat nostalgic and I love the 80s style of music. So a woo-hoo for all the 80s people. Okay, okay, okay. So with that, we have artists such as Michael Jackson, the greatest uh, album sold of all times so is still breaking the records to this day, Thriller. Uh, we have uh, Whitney Houston that was on the rise We had um, Prince, Purple Rain, the Prince people out there. Uh, um, David Bowie in his era of of music. Uh, Who else did we have? Uh, Oh, my favorite, one of my favorite artists in which Matt was completely shocked when I had mentioned this person's name in the song that came up with Wham was George Michael. Yeah. Yeah. like. Yeah, and then Madonna, come on, come on. Now the the only thing I will say in regards to the 80s music that I did not care too much for, and that was uh, R&B. Besides everything else, it was good. So 80s, no no disrespect to to the 90s, love love the 90s, and it's interesting that you mentioned um, beef because Biggie said, what's beef, you know? And I hope that, you know, during the 90s, and especially somebody who loves hip hop and was ingrained in the hip hop culture, that this does not end like the West Coast, East Coast <laughs> beef within the church. You know, two lives were lost in the, in the midst of that, you know? <laughs> so, I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you all. Uh, my name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here at uh, Wynn Church. And, um, Today, I'm going to be talking to you all um, and continue on with the message or the uh, series in Mark. And today, as Kat just read off uh, today's passage, we're going to talk about belonging uh, and how that looks like. Even though we may have a differences a genre of music, especially in the 80s and 90s, that we are a community uh, amongst, regardless of where we stand at within our uh, choice of music that we all belong. So, um, one of my favorite movies, I believe it was in the early 2000s or mid 2000s, it was a movie called Crash. And it was Don Cheadle that was like the narrator of the movie. And uh, in the beginning of the movie, he said in any real city, you walk, you brush past people, and people bump into you. And you talked about in the city of LA, nobody touches you. We're always behind this metal and glass, referencing a car. I think we miss that touch so much that we crash into each other just so we can feel something. And sometimes I think that in our society, especially in church, that things that we've been through in our lives, that we are wanting a place to belong, a place that we could feel. And maybe there were some uh, places in our lives that we did not have the opportunity to feel or to belong or to be a part of a community. As Matt had uh, mentioned last week, uh, from his, uh, uh, sermon, uh, within, uh, you know, the time has fulfilled in the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. He also, uh, mentioned in regards of how, you know, with, with John the Baptist, uh, being arrested and as Jesus, uh, was pretty much beginning his his ministry and so i'll uh, just kind of go back in, in regards of that as a reminder and as i just mentioned that today we're going to be talking about belonging so i have to ask you all as uh to go back into the passage where it says jesus went out again beside the sea and the whole crowd gathered around him and he taught them as he was walking along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and he followed him. So with that, I have to ask you all, when was there a time that you remember that you, uh, that Christ or Jesus was uh, asking you to follow him? Or maybe you're in that uh, season of your life that Jesus is calling you to follow him. I can remember for myself uh, my journey um, within my uh, walk with God in the early stages as we a few weeks ago had talked about in our panel. Um, In that journey, I remember when God had called me, and how that uh, looked like for me. But it was somewhat kind of fearful. As you all can recall, that I mentioned that it was a Sunday school class that I was a part of. And uh, it was me and my mother. We we were a part of the class, and at the time I had to been around uh, 10 or 11 years old. And, my mother and I, we were the only two people that was uh, not in church leadership that was a part of this Sunday school. And um, uh, at the church, it was a lot of deacons and, and ministers. And I remember the, the deacons and the ministers uh, literally like scaring me uh, as I was understanding church and as I was understanding the Bible more and uh, my walk with Christ. Um, it was somewhat fearful of if I didn't give my life over at that moment and to be baptized, that I was going to be, if I died that day, that I was going to be in hell. And so with me, that always uh, stuck with me, even to this day, as I remember walking with him. But it wasn't until years later that uh, I became of age and of reason that I understood my walk even more. So let's just pause here, and I have to ask you all once again, if you would like to share, when was there a time that Christ asked you to follow him? And how did that feel like? What did that look like at that time to you, if you would like to share? Hmm. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else?
1: Hmm.
0: Thanks for sharing. Wherever or whatever how that looks like. Um, you know, with with your walk with Christ, and as he was calling you um, to him. Uh, Let's look at Matthew. Matthew, or I'm sorry, Levi, as uh, as within the text says, uh, which is pretty much just the same person. Levi is Hebrew, um, uh, the Hebrew name. Of, of Matthew, and Matthew is more of the um, uh, Greek uh, oriented um, name for, for Levi. And it says here within the text to continue on that Jesus casually says to Levi, Follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. And just like that, Jesus was very popular in Capernaum, area where he and Levi lived. And it is sure that Levi had seen and heard of this Nazarene. And maybe Jesus had seen Levi, and often as he sat in his chair and his table, and he quilted and linked and made from the, the, the carbon water the, and the gum of the uh, Arabic and the natural gum from the Achaia tree to control the inks. And when he applied to the uh, prosperous, as, as Levi was writing, Levi had to keep very accurate records. It is not surprising as he watched Jesus carefully and wrote down the first of the four Gospels. But Let's look at who Levi was. Levi was a tax collector. And as we know that in that time, tax collectors was not the best person to be especially if you were a Jew. They were hated. They were regarded as as sinners. They were Jews who worked uh, for the Romans. And so this made them labeled as traitors. People resented paying taxes to the foreigners who ruled over them. Tax collectors were not paid as actual wage by the Romans. They were expected to take extra money and to keep some for themselves. Many tax collectors were dishonest and abused of the system by taking far too much from the people. Levi asked to come to dinner at, at, at his home, asked Jesus to come to dinner at, Jesus, I mean at uh, Jesus Levi asked Jesus to come to dinner at his home. And when Jesus would be there, Levi was excited that Jesus had accepted the offer. And when he found out that Jesus was coming to dinner, Levi invited his his friends, his colleagues, and he said to them that Jesus was coming over. And so, as I just mentioned, that Jesus was was becoming popular based on the, the miracles and the message that he was spreading within the gospel, that the, the, the group of people that came to the house and to feast with Jesus, there must have been, I don't know, 15 to 20 people eating at Levi's home. The, the tax collectors were all rich, but Levi's guests were all of his social Uh, As I just mentioned, they were sinners, they were were othered, they were tax collectors. But then we see later on within the verse that the Pharisees, the self-righteous people, the self-righteous folk, came to Jesus and said, Hey, why do you feast with sinners? Do do we all know of any people that are like that? Maybe that they're self-righteous. Maybe they othered you. Maybe they othered other people. How can you do such a thing? How can you talk to certain people that don't come to church every Sunday or they don't pray a certain way? Maybe they have a whiff of alcohol on their breath. Maybe they don't dress the best. Maybe it's some of us that maybe if we don't fit into a certain category within, especially within the church, if we're single and you're not married or if you don't have any children then maybe it's something that you're doing wrong or maybe that God has cursed you So, based on the the, the Pharisees, the self-righteous individuals, that other, other individuals, have you ever been Phariseed to? And by that, have you ever felt like you didn't deserve to feast with God or to walk with the Lord as he called you? And if so, if you don't mind to share, what were some examples that you felt othered, that you didn't feel accepted to feast at the Lord's table or to be with God or have a relationship with God? Hmm. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else?
1: Mm-hmm. It was just, and it's gone on from there when we moved here. It's just been this whole revelation that a lot of the people that we thought were our community mm-hmm. are only our community if we're behaving in the way that they think we mm-hmm. should be behaving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I see in the Pharisees.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. But with that, you know, the the Pharisees, they were, as I mentioned, they were self righteous. They were pious. But we're reminded of one of my favorite parables that Jesus um, talks about. So, back in the days, the Pharisees, you know, the Jews, they had to pray at least three times a day. And the people would go to the temple for private prayer. But the Pharisees stood up to pray, which was the usual practice. And the Pharisees prayed about himself, informing God of all the wrong things that he had not done. I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers. Then he spoke about the religious practice that he had observed. That he, twi- that he fasted twice a week, that he gave his, his tithes. The Pharisee thought that he was praying, but the only person he was praising was himself. And that's what a, a lot of people do, especially when they are Pharisee, other individuals, excluding other individuals, beating up themselves themselves, about their own self-acts in in righteousness. But there was a a tax collector that I believe that Jesus, when he was telling this parable, was Levi. That the tax collector, on the other hand, put his hands in his head and kept hitting himself. In certain translations said that he ripped his clothes as he was grieved to show how sorry he was He knew that he was a sinner. He knew he needed God to forgive him. And nobody could be proud of himself in front of God. The men went home, but only the tax collector had been pleased by God. As he had been humble and asked God for forgiveness, a person's attitude is important to God. It's not about based on our works, what we do, And I'm not saying we just go out here and just live any type of way. But that you are beloved. You belong to a community. You are what Jesus talked about, that the kingdom of God is at hand. You are belonged. There are so many people in the Bible that Jesus encountered with that belonged that was the, the woman at the well, those who had leprosy, the woman that was caught in the act of the adultery. As Jesus was writing out the names, and that was getting ready to stone this woman. Some say that Jesus was writing out the names, or maybe the, uh, the, the name of the man that she was committing adultery with, who was probably a Pharisee. Maybe he was writing out the things that they had done. He said, for he who has not sinned, cast the first stone. Regardless what we have done, no matter what we are in life, that you are beloved, that you should show yourself yourself grace, that you belong to that kingdom of what God was sharing, always uh, stating that the kingdom of God is at hand. I remember what Paul says that, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. You're looking at someone for years, as I've been through my journey and my walk with Christ. Not to say that I've done everything perfect and I'm still striving for perfection. But there were some times in my life while I was in ministry that people had thrown me away. So I know how that feels like. So instead of throwing people away, or outcasting individuals, to bring them in. In my line of work, uh, by trade, I work as a chaplain uh, for a nonprofit organization. And every Thursday, we have a, a men's group. And that men's group is called Ubuntu. And Ubuntu is a South African word that stands for I am because of you, or I am because we are, or humanity towards each other. And so uh, the the belief is, is that when someone does something or when they make a mistake in life, that the village, they surround themselves amongst this person. They pin them in the center. And for two whole days, they speak of all the good that the person has done because they believe that Words, words of affirmation, has more power um, than, than in shame or punishment. And that's the only thing that Jesus was exampling, that come to me all who are weary, heavy lady, that no matter who you are, what you are, come to me. Come to me, whosoever come to me. You belong, regardless what society says or rejects you as, that you are beloved, you are a child of God, and I am remembered by an old song, that I shall wear a crown, I shall wear a golden crown as soon as my feet strikes Zion. I will lay down my heavy burden. I will lay down those things that I missed the market. I'll lay down all those things that I should not be. But one day I will put on my robe of glory and shall and state how I made it over to tell the story. And one church We're here today where each one of us are telling the story. And i close with this from Howard Thurman in his book, Jesus and the Disinherited. Let us set and ruminate on this. I do not ignore the theological and metaphysical interpretation of the Christian doctrine of salvation. But the underprivileged everywhere have long since abandoned any hope that this type of salvation deals with the crucial issues by which their days are turned into despair without consultation. The basic fact is that Christianity, as it was, as we, uh, as it was born in the mind of the Jewish teacher and thinker appears as a technique of survival for the oppressed. That it became, through the intervening years, religion of the powerful and the dominant used sometimes as an instrument of oppression. Must not tempt us into believing that it was thus in the mind and life of Jesus. In him was life. In the life was the light of men. Wherever his spirit, Jesus, appears, the oppressed, sinners, me, you, gather this fresh carriage. For that track, the trail of the disinherited need have no dominion over them. As we go into this time of our uh, Lord's Supper, can you share the picture that I sent to you? Let us be reminded um, as we partake of this community, this, this form of belonging. And if you need a, uh, a cup, uh, please raise your hand. Don will uh, give you one. But Let's just focus on this picture here. Uh, I would say about eight or nine years old when my sister moved into her new home, her and her, her husband, they had this picture uh, posted in their kitchen and still it's still there to this day, two houses later. And um, as a little boy, I always knew that this picture represented you know, the, the black version or the African-American version of Jesus uh, of the Last Supper. And in this, uh, it's different uh, figures, especially in the black and African-American community such as Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, looks like Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, and so many others. But the reason why I'm showing you this today and that resonates with uh, belonging in today's sermon, that one of my spiritual fathers, uh, my mentor, he and I, we saw this picture in a mall one day, the print. And uh, it was something that I was shocked by that in this picture, he said, man, th- this picture is sacrilegious because I told him, I said, uh, when I get home, I was going to have this in my, in my office. And he said, this picture is sacrilegious because there are certain people in this picture that are not with Jesus, as he was say a person like Malcolm X here and I'm like, what? that's what I'm reminded of within this today's message of the passage of belonging that I'm reminded that whoever Jesus calls you gotta remember that Jesus called Levi and he said, follow me Regardless of what we think, where people stand at with God. That's if they hear the voice. I believe it's in John 15, but Jesus says that there are when I call of my flock, and there will be those who will come. And it will also be of those who are not of my flock. And when I call them, they too shall also come. Let this be reminded that we are hearing the voice of God. Follow me and that we sat at the Lord's table. As Jesus at the Lord at the uh, Passover gave thanks of the feast for the bread that represents the body that was broken for our sins. Let us go ahead and partake. Then he gave thanks to the fruit of the cup that he knew that the blood that would be shed for our sins. Let us go ahead and partake. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you Once again for this day, Lord, God, I I pray that we continue to belong, Lord. God, where society, as people maybe have thrown us away, maybe have made us feel a certain type of way that we didn't feel belonged, that God, that we belong to you, oh God. God, that we are forever feasting with you, with our love. God, allow us to continue to embrace the grace that you have given us and that we are loved. God, be with each and every one here today as we go um, through our journey of, of back home to uh, brunch or wherever that we do, Lord, and continue to be with us throughout the week. God, continue to put your head of protection all around us in all these things that we ask and pray. In Jesus' name, amen.